What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 45 of Hit the Books, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down the latest news and trends, provide analysis, and offer up our best bets and betting advice. So let's jump into this week's episode of Hit the Books. On this week's episode, I'm back after a two-week hiatus, but the boys held down the fort for our 90th and 91st episodes of all time. We're quickly approaching 100 episodes, and I'm really excited about that one. But in the sports world, we are ready to talk some MLB All-Star Weekend, some big moves as the NHL free agency opens up, and some NBA, and we are just under 10 weeks away from our first NFL Sunday, and we cannot forget our weekly MLB power rankings, but I'm ready to jump into this week's episode and introduce my co-hosts, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Mackie, let's start it off with you this week. What do you got for us? Yeah, just another week we're back. Um, Jesse missed you the last two weeks. It's crazy. We're uh, we're approaching a hundred episodes. Seems like we just started this shit yesterday. But um, yeah, just a lot of uh, free agency sh- stuff going on this week. Uh, a lot of big moves in the NBA, NHL, and uh, we still got a lot to look forward to in that in both both those free agencies. So I'll uh, get get kind of rolling into that this week. Good stuff. Let's shoot it over to you, Ace. Take it away for us, buddy. What do you got? Another week here on the show. Yeah, like Mackie said, pretty crazy that we're getting up to the triple digits for episodes. Obviously, I joined halfway through, but just a, a nice milestone to hit, um, a nice form of legitimacy in my eyes. But the MLB has been rolling and uh, been seeing some good baseball lately. Uh, obviously, slacked on the card yesterday, but we we're hitting a nice little streak for a bit. And my goal is to be at positive units by uh, the All-Star break. So we'll keep you guys updated on that as well. But ready to talk another week of sports here. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Huff. Let's finish it off with you this week. What do you got for us here? Episode 45. Yeah, not much else going on. Fourth of July yesterday, so nice to get some uh, time off of work there with the holiday. I had a good holiday myself. I don't know about you boys, but uh, did watch some baseball yesterday. Not too much, but um, saw the got to be better on the card plays. Like we said, uh, Ace, I like that goal to get back up to above positive by the all-star break. That's what next. We We have a week. We're really cutting down the time to that. We have about 10 days here. I think the what the home run derby's next Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday, I think. Monday night. I believe it's Monday night, but we'll be getting to that. Yeah, I think the game's Tuesday and the and the derby is Monday. So um yeah, we got some work to do in the next couple of days. Absolutely. Yeah. You said it half July fourth. It was just this uh past Tuesday. Why don't we do a top three segment here of top three cookout foods? I guess, you know, in any retrospect, you know, in the tailgate. It's the 4th of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, whatever you guys are thinking. All right, I'll start us off. My number three is watermelon. I think watermelon is a very superior food, easy to eat, and it's just one of those things you got to have at a cookout. Number two, baked beans, but it has to, they have to have bacon in them. I'm a big bacon guy. I think baked beans with bacon really make you know the world go round. Bacon Burt, uh, one of the pierogies for the Pittsburgh Pirates, definitely one of my favorite. Huff bought me a t-shirt for, of him. Very excited to get that. And number one, I'm going with strawberry pretzel salad. I only ate about three or four plates of it on 4th of July. Uh, Huff can attest. Easily my favorite thing to eat uh, by far in the world, I think. What was the last one? Strawberry pretzel salad. So it's like pretzel jello, or sorry, strawberry jello with like cream and junk and then pretzels and whatever else on the bottom. Hmm. Never heard of that. Oh, so it's oh. a dessert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, all right. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I was thinking at first, I was like, salad. I'm like, that doesn't salad. sound very good. <laughs> then I'm like, all right, the dessert form, that sounds pretty elite. That that actually just got edged out of mine. Uh, I, it easily could be in there. That's probably my favorite dessert as well. I just didn't throw it in there because it's definitely a controversial pick. I, f- I can't imagine, Ma- Mackie, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be a big strawberry pretzel salad guy if you saw it. Well, you know how I am. I'm a bit of a <laughs> But uh, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. <laughs> hey, at least you're at least you're honest about it. Now I'm eager oh, to hear Mackie's list because it could just <laughs> He's be like, classic. Oh, I know. Uh, I was gonna go last. I can right, rip I'll, my I'll go here. I'll go, go ahead, Mackie. Yeah, you guys, you you know how this is gonna be plain and simple. Um, number three, I'm just gonna go uh, burgers. You know. Pretty pretty American of me, but uh, you know, just a just a nice burger on a on a cookout. They're always there, so you know you can always rely on it, and it's it's never really bad. Um, so I'll go. That's what I'll go with for number three. Number two, I'm gonna go watermelon like Jesse. I, I think that was a really good pick. You gotta have your fruit in there, and it's again, it's always there. So uh, great pick for number two. And uh, number one, just just grilled chicken. Great grilled chicken. You know, you get your protein in, and it's again, it's it's on the grill. So if you're at a cookout, you're always gonna have grilled chicken, and it's always reliable i mean you go and barbecue uh, chicken mackie uh no 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 just no, no, just check not, not barbecue yeah just just grilled chicken uh you know how it comes out just like it's got the grill marks on it and everything <laughs> just you got that shawl on the grill. it's, it's <laughs> always gonna be good he's just dying listen i told you guys that this what did you say it's got the guys. grill marks yeah it's got <laughs> that char baby that wasn't that wasn't a dumb thing to say come on uh i will mention to just Pasta with butter. Pasta with butter is always in the side as well. So, um, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm pretty plain. I'm boring, but you know what? I like it how I like it. Matthew, I don't think I've ever been to a cookout that gives out pasta with butter. What? I've had, like, I'm still laughing. I have chicken, pasta but... salad. That would be my honorable mention there. Like, I don't really like cookout? pasta salad. Like, my family's Italian, and we're still about just yeah, putting you just out got, pasta you with got a, butter. You got a big bowl of pasta with butter. What are you talking about? I mean, that's like what my brother you see, because he sounds like the same as you. I don't think he even eats vegetables, but that's, that's a crazy list right there. Um, no. I actually Somebody. do have, I, I have a similarity with you, because um, I kind of looked at it the same way as like your classic 4th of July cookout. So I was like, all right, how American can you get with these meals? So um, honorable mention, I'll go with the pasta salad. I feel like that's, that's a good one right there. I mean, you have it everywhere. Macaroni salad, however you want to call it. And everybody's different variations. So you show up to a party, you have like, four different kinds of it and it's like all right you're having the same thing but it's still pretty good every time um so that's gonna be my honorable mention but not too specific three i'll go with the corn on the cob i mean dude you get that grilled mac you get some grilled marks on your corn on the cob that's not too bad but uh that's pretty american because that's going to be on the side plate of your cheeseburger which is going to be two for me um very american i think fourth of july literally every cookout you're going for the burger but number one it's got to be the glizzy i mean hot dog eating contest on that like shout out to that i mean shout out to america eating a glizzy at the ballpark imagine like wherever you are cookout wherever there's a grill involved you got to have the glizzy i'd say i mean it's classic definitely want a lot of grill marks on those as well corn got the ounce for me but i like the glizzy I knew Ace was going to be the sus one to say glizzy. You know what? You're under investigation now. <laughs> you got to have the glizzy. Dude, the glizzies and the burgers, that's like, what else is there going to be at a cookout? Serious question, Ace. Do mm. you bring dirty dog water on the on the course? No. 
fire. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's got a he's got a furnace of them. He's got like six of them in there. <laughs> yeah. He's got a crockpot. He fills up no, the. That's, the, uh, the that's not a bad like halfway through, through though. In between the ninth and the tenth hole, you stop at the clubhouse. There's this place. You get a bucket of beers and two glizzies for like ten bucks. I mean, that's but kind if of they, a deal. Ace, Ace, let me ask you this: If you're you're standing there, you're at the concession stand. You just played nine holes. You go in, you're like, I want a hot dog so bad. But you go in, you see they're pulling them out of water, boiling water in a pot. Are yeah, you still well ordering set. a hot dog no, or are you I'm skipping well it? I'm no, well you're lying. You're you're sucking that thing down. No, definitely not <laughs> ideal. I mean, that's what you get. Like what? The, the this concession stands at a game too, essentially? The ballpark. Well, the ones on the rollers are fine. No, sit on the I was going to say the rollers yeah, are yeah, fine. Those are better, I'd say. Oh, they're Listen, fine. You know, I mean, you, know you know what's in a hot dog? No, no, you don't. Chicken nuggets, hot dogs, whatever. I don't look at it. I just eat it. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. I'm an American, and I feel bad about it afterwards. But like, it's pretty good in the moment. Feel bad about it afterwards. Yeah, when you're like, oh, yeah, talk, you, and you're talking about the slop you inhaled. But like in the moment, like, come on, you've had a few Miller Lights. You're like, right, I'll take a glizzy, a dog, and some corn on the cob. Maybe some mac and cheese on the side too. Pasta salad. <laughs> Mackie has Mackie has the strongest take on hot dogs out of anyone I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You first of all, you can't get you can't get caught sucking one down. You'll never live that one down. No, you don't uh, get caught on yeah, camera. You I just, just don't rip it. I don't like the fact that you have no idea what's in a hot dog. It's literally leftovers of like it could be pig eyes, dude. You have no idea what's in that thing. Well, if you get the all beef one, you at least know it's coming from a cow. That's the best answer I can give you. Yeah, but it's like you don't know. It could be anything. You're right. It could be anything. It's it's sus. It's it's definitely uh, (laughs) definitely something that I stay away from. Mac, you ever play like All Star Baseball? You're a little after the game. I remember every game they give you like a hot dog and a soda every game. Oh, I definitely used to suck them down. I'm not gonna lie about that. (laughs) But you know, when I was a kid, he's sucking them down. I just get a I just get a hot dog, get a glizzy, rip it. You know, well, because that's what you're doing, bro. It's a glizzy. There's no other way to talk about it. All right, let me get my top three. Yeah, hit it off. (laughs) If you had hot dog on your list, you definitely don't anymore. (laughs) It it is on my list. Oh, I don't mention. My honorable mention is going to be pasta salad. I'm going with the pasta salad as the honorable mention. Number three, I do also have watermelon. Number two is where I have hot dogs sitting at. Uh, it's a 4th of July staple, like Ace said, the hot dog eating competition. Not saying that's why it's on there, but everyone eats a hot dog on 4th of July except Mackie. And number one, I'm going to go, I don't know if it's a common one, but every cookout I go to always has ribs and I'm a big barbecue guy. So ribs, number one, huge rib guy. That's That's my number one. Huff's living large if he's going to every cookout with ribs. I, don't know, I just feel like it's a common thing. They're is elite. They're elite. This is a nice sleeper pick. Yeah, I, I think ribs are a good choice. It's not. It's just not as common to be there. You know, you can go to a cookout and you don't see ribs. Yeah, not, like, yeah, not, like, yeah. It's not like a cookout. burger or a hot dog. Yeah, I put it on the same level as like a brisket. Yeah, like, people yeah, might I have think a brisket. Seeing, I think you're seeing ribs before you see brisket. Oh, I agree. But I think they're the both that style. Like you might see. one. See, I like I like the take that Jesse had versus the take Huff and I had like the all American picks. I'd say like that's what you got to go with. And, like that's why I had to have hamburger and hot dogs. They're like one and two. Like some people are polar opposites. Mackey's, I that's the strangest list I've ever heard. But I like how Jesse <laughs> had the had the homegrown talent in there. The strawberry salad that's pretty cool. If I would have done something like that, I would have done like party pizza. It's like cold pizza, something Rhode Island. Yeah, always, Huff, you always is that a that Pittsburgh everywhere. thing? The strawberry pretzel what? salad. 
I don't. It might be. It might be. Like I, I've kind definitely of never of heard of it. Google it, Ma- yeah. Mac and Ace. Google it and see if you've ever seen what that looks like. Maybe I've heard it called something else. Like What's it called again? Pretzel salad. St- strawberry. Strawberry pretzel salad dessert. Google that. No. Looks pretty good though. It's fire. It's interesting. It's, it's what? Fire, man. That's a weird <laughs> mix. I ate hmm. so much of it yesterday. It's like sweet and salty, Ace. Yeah, no, but it's what fine. is it? It's just like pretzel on the bottom? It's, it's like crazy. pretzel and graham cracker on the bottom. All right, all and right, cream, too, and then strawberry jello, basically. That might not even be that bad. I think I might enjoy that. I, I think you would, Mackie. It's all very right, Mackie's simple. coming around here. Yeah. Coming around. Grill marks on the chicken. That's strawberries, good. <laughs> strawberries are good. Pretzels are good. I know some grilled chicken when the wrong with left the, cream. the Prudential Center and keeps it. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> At least it's not as bad as throwing, blowing a three to one lead, as the best team in NHL history. But yeah, at least yeah, I have right. a cop at, to look back at, on in my, my lifetime. Rangers. Come at my Rangers. Yeah, because they have nothing to back up. I mean, at yeah. least you got Henrik Lundqvist to Stanley Cup. He deserved one. Deserved one more than Tuukka Rask. Yeah, but he got that picture instead of Alec Martinez throwing his gloves in the air. He's lost to <laughs> the Blues. Yeah, but we beat. The Vancouver Canucks in the scene, so yeah, they, you you beat the biggest chokers in NHL history. All right, so at least they're not the biggest chokers. You were talking about us choking through one lead. I'll take it. Well, that's this season in, in particular. Talking, uh, yeah. You're talking franchises. Yeah, yeah. Talk to the ring, Mackie. Pick a sport. Oh yeah, Rhode Island has so many championships. <laughs> I mean, you're a Dallas Cowboys fan from New York. Yeah, but I've rep New York on everything else. Relax. You know, you much other Providence New Bruins? you know how much every, every other New Yorker hates the Dallas Cowboys? You're wearing a Lakers hat right now. It's about the sty, bro. I, I agree with that. All right, I'll, I'll take it there. That's fine. <laughs> I saw him fit in the hat before the show. <laughs> Got to wrap different ones every pod, though. I like it. Yeah, I like to bring out uh, different hats. You don't want to be wearing the same one every time. Shout out to the new hat I got. Go get yours in stores today. Yes, sir. Available on our website. They look great. Ace, honestly, they look good. They pop. Yeah, good good hat to wear during golf. That's why I went with the white one. We got all the colors, baby. Alrighty, let's jump into some MLB to get our episode started off here. First point I have here is on June 28th, Dominican professional baseball player, or baseball pitcher, Domingo Germain of the New York Yankees threw the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history and fourth in Yankees franchise history. Jermaine pitched it during an 11-0 win against the Oakland Athletics at the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. So crazy impressive. 24 perfect games ever. I mean, we've probably only seen a handful in our lifetimes. Any comment on that? I mean, it was so unexpected is the craziest thing to me. I mean, if you look at his previous few starts, I think he's giving up like five, six, seven runs. Um, and he comes out. I mean, they... If you're going to do it against a team, the Oakland Athletics of this season is probably the best bet to do it. But it's still a great feat. I mean, good for him. Um, obviously, he had a troubled past, really, off the off the field. But good accomplishment for him. And, uh, of course, it's a Yankees got to do it, though. I hate to see it. Yeah, um, like you said, he, he wasn't having his best uh, past couple starts. So to see him do this, like you said, the, the A's, they were on a little stretch. They had a nice month of June. I mean... Um, I saw Mackie. I saw something where Frank the Tank said the the A's were going to have a better record through June. Not like the entire record, but month to month. You know what I mean? In the month of June, the A's would have a better record than the Mets. 
And I think they were a game. They did have a game on them, and he was right about that. That, um, but I don't know. The A's they they've been bad, but they've also been kind of streaky. They were winning games, but to see them go, obviously, like he said, it's not very too too surprising for me to see them be the team that gets this done to them. Yeah, the Mets were the second worst team in June, behind only only in front of the Royals. We don't have to get into that though. No, we really don't. I want to talk about that Mets team so bad, though. But, like, it's so weird. I mean, I feel like they got screwed by being in this season. I mean, their older pitchers, they brought in Verlander and Scherzer, really got screwed by the pitch clock, in my opinion. The young right. talent hasn't really popped. Scherzer's been, been adjusting to it. He's got an 8-2 record. I think it's, like, sub-3 URA. So, he's doing all right. Verlander needs tough, to pick it tough up. Tough start, though. Like, nobody's yeah. been in sync all year. Definitely, yeah. I don't know. We'll, I think we'll figure things out. I mean, we're on a three-game heater right now, so maybe we can get something rolling here. Remember Edwin Diaz bringing all that flair to the team last year with the trumpets and all of his crazy saves? Um, I feel like coming into this season with him getting injured and being out for the year, it kind of popped all the air in the balloon. Yeah, definitely a terrible start to a pretty uh, a pretty high-expectation season, I guess I would, I would say. Um this team's just under underperforming. The bullpen's been terrible. A lot to do with Evan Diaz as well. But um, I don't know. The pieces are all there. It's kind of them together. How far out are they? Six and a half out of a wild card. Oh, so they're still alive with a strong second half. They have a good enough team to make a run. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that. I'm a I'm a strong believer in a lot of that NL East. Um, I think the Phillies and the Mets are both going to turn it around. Honestly, the Phillies have started doing so. Honestly, I, I've seen. Yeah, so I've looked a lot better. A lot of baseball left, though. Absolutely. Tons of baseball left as we're only getting into, you know, beginning of July here. But the next point I got, Los Angeles Angels superstar Shohei Otani continues his impressive AL MVP campaign. Otani hit his longest home run of his career on Friday evening in a game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Otani hit a 493-foot... 493-foot homer, but the Angels would go to lose that game by a score of 6-2. to two. What do you guys think about that, Otani? Just still killing it. We talk about him every couple weeks now. What do you think? The face of baseball. I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely the face of baseball. He keeps doing crazy things, and I love how you see all the memes. Uh, Shohei Otani does this and this and this, and the Angels lose 9-7. to seven. Or yeah, he has 493-foot home run and a 6-2 loss. Like, it's just a shame. And now you see him go in the IR and Trout go in the IR. And Rendon got hurt. They all got hurt yesterday on the 4th of July. So I saw some of 4th of July to forget for the LA Angels as all three of the big dogs went on the IR. But, um, no, no. Yeah. Otani's playing tonight. Is he? I thought he, didn't he, he did stub get, his finger he, or something. He, did get he hurt his finger. It's more of a pitching injury, though. He's still going to hit. Okay, okay. He's batting third tonight. I was surprised to okay. see that as well, though. I thought for sure they'd, with him, like, mm-hmm. a day off, you're not a playoff team. Well, like you were alluding to, with the door being wide open for him to leave, I mean, they're, if they're like, hey, he can go, might as well get the most out of him while he's here, put him in the lineup, bat him three. But, yeah, they um, know he's leaving, so. Super athlete. One of the best athletes when you go sport by sport, you look at Otani. I mean, he does everything. Uh, obviously, the finger injury, injury hurts, but I saw some stats, like, his pace for the year. He is it on 30. his throwing hand? Yeah, I think it is. It's on his finger. And, yeah, that's um, what I mean. On his throwing hand? Yeah, yeah. He should be fine, though. He could probably just miss a start before the All-Star break. 
But the thing I keep thinking about is the pace that he's on versus what Aaron Judge had last year. He's hit 30 home runs before Judge did. One of the first people hit 30 before July. He had like 15 home runs in 22 games. All these stats are pretty crazy. It looks like he could be going for that home run record if he keeps it up. You imagine he breaks it the year after Judge gets it and everyone was freaking out. That'd be nuts. And we yeah, were looking at the crazy. odds the other day to win, or not the other day, probably the last time the Jesse was on the pod. So that was four weeks ago, three weeks ago. We were looking at the odds and I asked him with a long shot bet and he, he chose that one, remember? Otani yeah. to win the home run. Yeah, what was it? Plus three. It was like 375 when you said that. Yeah, it was a great line. And now you probably go look at that. He's probably minus, I guess, maybe minus 125. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah, lots of good stuff happening in the MLB right now as we're, again, rounding June or July. So the next point I have here moves over. The Kansas City Royals have traded our oldest Cam Chapman to the Texas Rangers in exchange for Cole Reagans and Ronnie Cabrera. Those Rangers just getting more guys. Yeah, they're in the hunt. And Chapman has a lot of that experience um, winning, what, one or two World Series, being in a few. So... Hard throwing lefty. Why not add him to the pen? Wouldn't be surprised if he takes over as their primary closer there. Yeah, he, he has that ring with the Cubs, and all I remember from that is him when he got shelled, and I think it was Game Six where he uh, he gave up the lead in the, the ninth inning or something. I just remember him looking over his shoulder, just kind of like, "Fuck me." <laughs> but he still, they still won that game. He got bailed out, but. I remember he gave up that home run to that outfielder. Who was it? Eddie Rosario, maybe? Somebody on the Indians back at when Cleveland was feening a championship. But he's been on the Yankees in those high-pressure situations. Never comes through in the clutch too much, but he's been like one of the top arms in the MLB since he came into the league. Got to get a guy that throws 103. I'd take him every day. The Pirates have the first pick? Yeah, Pirates have the first pick. I saw something today that they're not even interested in any of the college players. They're about to just draft the fucking high school player. That's usually, dude. The, that's the, usually like, the best the ones, few, though. Yeah, the first few overall picks are usually high school guys. The Red Sox had like, the number two pick like three years ago, and they took Marcelo Meyer, and now he's the number three prospect in the league. There's three of them in the top ten that I see right here. Yeah. I feel like uh, drafting in the MLB is just like, dude, you get rid of all your prospects. Like, nobody holds on to their prospects all the way up. That's not true, though. Look at the Baltimore Orioles and what they've done. Look at who's everybody who's coming up now and contributing. They just had another guy make his debut today. They've had, like, probably four top 20 prospects make their debut this year. Yeah, but I saw dude, I saw a TikTok that was, like, um, team, it actually might have even been the Orioles, but it was, like, team, like, this team's, like, top 10 prospects in 2017, and every single guy was not in the organization anymore. Yeah, a lot of them do sell high on them, but a lot of teams ride them out, too. Look at Volpe. I mean, but it's weird where they get drafted. But guys like Drew Jones's blue chip prospects are, like, so important to, to ride out. Like, Drew Jones is going to be the number one prospect in baseball. He was drafted last year. Yeah, this, this mock draft that I'm looking at right now from Perfect Game has Max Clark going first overall to the Pirates, and then it has all the college guys that we all know. Skeens, two. Dylan Cruz, three to the Tigers. Another high school kid, number four to the Rangers. I mean, look Wyatt at Bryce Harper. Langford from Florida, number five. Bryce Harper came right out of high school. We, like They knew that he was going to be that good. That's a I rare mean, talent, though. Yeah, but usually that's that's what's been happening lately. Adley Rutschman. 
I mean, Bryce was like one of the most hype. He was like compared to like LeBron for baseball. Yeah, I thought the Pirates were going to get Dylan Cruz, or were looking at Dylan Cruz, but I saw something today. They're not like supposedly interested in him. And then obviously there's two high school players. I guess that's the kid that they're mainly interested in. But I wanted them to get the pitcher Skeens from LSU. That dude was a stud in the in the College World Series. Tough thing is those those pitchers are tough to take early in the baseball drafts because those yeah, are the they, ones that usually fade out. Um, look at those guys from uh, the last. Last time few the Pirates years. took a pitcher first overall, though, it was Garrett Cole. So like, if they like it, go get it. But what about like those Vanderbilt pitchers like Leader and uh, Kumar Rocker? They've been yeah, I was gonna say Jack Leiter. They were supposed. To, it's it's tough to follow those. But those the two were supposed players, to be studs, and the you Pirates can find the for, position players that can be good at like 18, 17 years old. The thing is, those pirates have such a good farm system already. And youth coming into the MLB, like they got to figure out where someone fits that they need. Like, what do the pirates need? Probably some outfielders, right? Uh, the, I mean, our outfield right now is aging. Old out. Well, you know. See, that's my thing. It's like whenever, it, when in doubt, I just draft pitching. But I, I get what you mean. Those are the guys that don't necessarily always do. You know what I mean? What he's doing at LSU, there's no way to say he's going to do that against half of the or any of the NL Central if he goes to the Pirates. You know what I mean? Realistically, you probably won't. It's just... It's yeah, it takes, it takes time. You guys got into the draft pretty good there, but the draft begins here on July 9th on Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates have that first pick overall. You got something to say off? I hate how the MLB draft is in the middle of the season. Yeah, why do they So do weird. It's the only sport that does it. They also have like a thousand picks. Because it it's the end n- of the college and high school seasons, though. Oh, that's what it is. It, isn't it like twenty rounds? But then why? I think Ace, it's like twenty six. Ace, when does base? When does baseball season start? Like, um, baseball I don't know if that's right. Don't quote me. But like, it could be school years and having to do with that too. True. I was gonna say. Well, it would make most sense for it to be in like November. It seems like it's after the yeah, high school years over, though. They would be halfway through another semester, like in college or like, yeah, high school. Yeah, that does make sense. It's an interesting thought. I didn't think of that. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense. I just don't like it. Yeah, I also don't like the fact that you can just like turn down getting drafted and just try again next year. They're like, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Like, no, well, that, happens, that happens a lot with people coming out of high school. I mean... I, I do like that, though. You can kind of uh, pick your landing spot. But a lot of people to do it to increase their draft stock. Yeah, but it's like, I, I I don't know. I feel like that happens more in baseball than any other sport where you get drafted and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go back to college for three years. And it's like, what happens with that pick? Like, the Pirates have a first overall pick. Say they draft this kid out of high school and he's like, I'm going back to high school or I'm going to college for four years. And then he ends up being a, getting redrafted anyway. So, like, well, you just waste a first overall pick. No, if he if the, if he doesn't like turn it down and like decide to re-enter, you, the Pirates still have his rights. Like it's not like he, just because he's not going to the team right away. It's not, it's they not would like, just yeah, they still they have would just try to move rights him. for him. Yeah, he's just a prospect that like if, if they wanted it to um, add like a trade piece or something like that, they could yeah, he j- he would literally just be a trade piece until they can move them. Yeah, you have to like actually like deny the draft and like say you're gonna re-enter next year or something. Yeah. Who did that in the NFL? Didn't like Drew Brees do that, or who was it? I didn't know you. Could Eli do Manning. This for it. No, Eli Manning just just uh, said that he's not playing for the Chargers, so they just traded uh, the first and third overall pick once uh, 
Philip Rivers was drafted. Yeah, you got to read that Drew Brees book. It's actually a pretty good one. Autobiography of that story. Yeah, Eli said he's now. He's I was never a huge Drew Brees guy. He overcame a lot of adversity, though. His career shouldn't have uh, kept going after his initial injury, and then Sean Payton took the chance on him. Good stuff there, boys, in the draft. Let's move over to the All-Star Game, the MLB All-Star Game. The starting lineups have been announced just before the 4th of July here. Some of the best players of the AL and NL are ready to battle it out up on, out on Tuesday, July 11th in Seattle, Washington. Just before this, on the night of July 10th, we'll have the infamous Home Run Derby where we get where we get to see tons of great shots to the seats of the stadium and beyond. So why don't we jump into some of these starting lineups for the American League and the National League? I believe we have everything but the starting pitchers. So, like, catcher Jonah Heim, first baseman Yandy Diaz, this is the American League, second base Marcus Seaman, third base Josh Jung, shortstop Corey Seager, Outfield, Mike Trout. Another outfielder, Randy Rosarina. Another outfielder, Aaron Judge. And for DH, Shohei Otani. All right. And let's let's shift our focus over the National League. At catcher, we got Sean Murphy. First baseman, Freddie Freeman. Second base, Luis Arez. Third base, Nolan Ariendo. I don't even know how to say that. Arenado. I thought my mic was muted. Arenado. Arenado. Shortstop, Orlando Arcia. Outfielder, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Corbin Carroll. And DH, we got JT Martinez. As well as, these jerseys are pretty interesting as well. I think they're trying to go off those Mariners colors a little bit, but curious to hear what you guys think about those as well. So, all-star game coming in here Tuesday, July 11th. Seattle, Washington, home of the Mariners. What do you guys think? I, I'd i like to hear everyone's biggest snub. Mm. Um. I didn't really look are into that. Are you saying from Mac? Are you saying from the starting lineup or season. from or from the whole All Star game? Because no, they we'll, announced reserves now. No, we'll go uh, starting lineup. Okay, that's such a tough I have, question. I have two off the top of my head. One of them's biased. The other one. Is one's up. one's. I think one we're gonna have a common. It's definitely Adley Rochman, right? Well, oh yeah, I didn't even think about him, but yeah, definitely. He, wait, he's not even a reserve. No. Oh, okay. I thought you said starting lineup because Jonah Heim started. Yeah, I would have said I would have said Rochman. I didn't even think about That's that. Great. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Damn. But um, I, mean, I was Texas thinking of range. I was thinking of Rafi Devers. I think he kind of got snubbed on that. Um, and then might be a little biased, but I think Lindor got snubbed. I know his ER or his um, average is low. It's like a two twenty six compared to um who the fuck got it? Um, the guy from Braves. I can't think of his name. Orsia. A yeah, lot of Randall people are mad about he's that. Batting like, he's batting like 296. But, dude, he has seven home runs and 28 RBIs. Lindor has like 18 home runs and 55 RBIs. Like, how, how is a guy that t- doubling you in stats? Like, I understand he's a 226 ERA, or batting average, so it's a little, it's a little hard. It's to, terrible. It, it's pretty bad, but he's putting up numbers that, like, it's t- he's like top 10 in, in RBIs in the league. Hmm. Like, he's, he's I mean, producing when it matters. Yeah, no. He's bat- runners on base. He's hitting the I, ball. I think he came in second for shortstops, which is which is I we picked him to be our starting shortstop when we did the bracket. Um, Orlando Garcia, you got to give the nod to the best team in baseball. The defense he plays is definitely superior. Francisco Lindor, I bet you he crushes him on the base paths as well. Um, that average definitely comes into play, but I really just think it's because he's on the best team in baseball. Yeah, but dude, the Braves already have so many 
Look at what they're doing, though. They just win every night, so they they deserve it. Yeah, he's 10th in RBIs in the league. We're talking, we talk about it all the time, though. We're like, why didn't we card their first five or first inning total? It's because that lineup hits one through nine. Just because he's not Ronald Acuna or Sean Murphy. I mean, he's still having a great year. But, no, I, I, I still would have taken Lindor over him as well. But I, I understand why Garcia won that. Here's my take about these these uniforms. Uh, one, I think the National League ones are better. And two, I wish they just didn't wear the All-Star jerseys. I wish they just all wore their... Like they like used the, to. The white, yeah. They go back to what they used to do. And maybe like a, a special hat was cool. But like, I don't know. I think they should all wear their normal uniforms. I think these these All-Star game jerseys are ugly as shit. I think the American League ones are brutal. I kind of like the National League ones. But it's just kind of because you can't really see that design as much. Yeah, you can't see that shitty design in the back. What is it? Like it's like a, a wave. I, that's kind of what I thought at first, but like, I don't know. I don't understand like the cross, like the checkeredness inside of like some of the pieces. Like, I, I, it's like a camo vibe. Looks like a you know what? it's it's kind of like how the NHL vibe. made those the first time they did three on three jerseys. They're trying to make them too flashy nowadays, in my opinion. It's like they're, well, the only people works. that buys all star jerseys anymore are kids twelve and under. Hmm. The only all-star jersey I had was the Ortiz one. And it was orange from when he played in San Francisco. I feel like the baseball ones are different. Like, baseball all-star jerseys, but, like, dude, no one's buying an NHL all-star jersey. Are you going out and yeah. buying a Pro Bowl jersey? No, it's no. still Well, because no. baseball jerseys are easier to rock, like, just, like, going And the, the home run derby, that's probably the real reason I did it, when Ortiz was hitting home runs into the bay. Well, like, when Josh Bell did the home run derby a couple of years ago, I wanted to get the the... All star jersey that year, him, and it was like sleeveless. I was like, I would never wear that. <laughs> yeah, that is that's crazy. whack. The color scheme is just tough. I mean, I know they're going Mariners heavy, but like, uh, well, what are like when, so they- whenever when Bell did it, and I was looking at that jersey, that sleeveless one, it was when it was in Cleveland. So it was really just a navy blue jersey. It said National League and red. So it was like, wasn't that bad? It was just a red, white, and blue jersey. Yeah, that is cool. But these, yeah, I don't like these these jerseys. I used to always rep those All Star Game hats. I'm a big hat guy. Like Mackie and and Newhuff, so um, I'd get a new like Red Sox hat, a few of them every year. I get the fitted one, like the All Star Game ones. It was something I'd get a lot, just with different colors and designs for the All Star Game. I'm eager to see what they look like this year, though. I only saw the jerseys. I don't know if you guys happen to see the hats at all. I haven't seen them now. <clears throat> G- guessing pretty similar with that design and color scheme. Dude, that's tough. I just randomly like I forgot they did the that they're always like the team the host team's colors mm-hmm. and I remember that the Pirates hosted it in 06 and look at these American League jerseys they're literally just like pirate jerseys but Mariano Rivera it's kind of cool though I like that that's that's tough dude look up the ones from San Francisco that like the I National League ones were yellow the National League ones weren't as cool but the yeah, the, the black ones League. look sick no, but going back to Mackie's point about big snubs, I thought Wander Franco, uh, obviously that shortstop position in the AL, but the Rangers dominated the the, the starting lineup card, which is crazy to me. Um, I would just like to assume Wander Franco gets the start. Um, definitely Rutschman, too. Like Mackie said, the whole Red Sox team, Verdugo, Yoshida, Endeavors, numbers are insane, but poverty team right now, so that's why you miss out on a lot of starts. Obviously, my boy Kenley Jansen got in um, as a reliever. But I think for starting pitchers, I think we're talking about those who are to be announced yet. On the National League side, I'm probably going to give the the start to Kershaw if he's healthy, but I don't think he's going to be. So it's going to be Spencer Strider, in my opinion, strikeout king in the NL. And then on the AL side, 
That's it's a tough call. It's probably going to be McClanahan, right? We were talking about this the other day. It's got to be McClanahan, yeah, right, Mackie? It's going to be McClanahan. So you think yeah. McClanahan versus Strider? Yeah, it could be. It also could be Framber. Everyone's so high on Framber this year. Framber and Clayton are both hurt, though. Oh, Framber's? He's hurt right now? He's being rested. He he got his start pushed back. Justin Steele of the uh, Cubs, too. He's got a 2-4-3 ERA. I think if they went with the Cub, though, they'd have to go with Stroud, no? Nah, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I think you should just go with Stroud, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the mustache and the strikeouts, how do you not? Yeah, he's a beast. Also, Grant Williams is going to the Mavs. They sucks, anyways, thank God. Good stuff there. Yeah, the MLB All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend is this upcoming weekend, starting in beginning of next week. So lots to look forward to as we continue through the MLB. I got another point here on only July 2nd. The NL MVP frontrunner, Ronald Acuna Jr., already broke his single-season career high in steals by swiping his 38th bag with over half the season to go. How many can the superstar finish with? What do you, what do you guys see him keeping on this path, or what do you think? You think he has more? He's gonna how, how many more steals is he gonna have than home runs? It's crazy because he's thirty plus in both, right? I I think this is the most electrifying player in the NL. I mean, I, I want to say the whole league just because he's the flashiest, but you you got to give Otani his props. I think he's my favorite. This is my favorite guy to watch. I, obviously, I watch a lot more Braves games than I do Angels games just because of the time uh, being on the the Eastern time. But I don't know. I I think Acuna, the the stats he's putting up this year, this Braves lineup is loaded. You check the score, they're up five nothing. Like A said, a lot of these uh, really early on, this lineup gets rolling, and when they're when they're hitting, they, it seems like they can't stop. And um, him, like you you heard that All Star lineup, half the guys are Braves. It seems like so, um, but he's really having a special year. I don't know exactly what he's going to get to, but who's first if he's if he's in second with this? Sturry Ruiz on the Oakland Athletics. That guy says like. Almost fifty swipes already. So he just—that's all he does. They yeah, time the just gets there. Derek Lee is forty-one, but dude, I—I I honestly like don't like this new rule with the stealing bases. Like it's almost like it's so, free. Like it's so much, dude. And it's like changing the game completely. The new rules and pitch clocks and and whatnot—it makes it so easy for elite base stealers to like grab free bases nowadays. Yeah, listen to this though. Uh, Ruiz and Acuna are at forty-two and forty-one. Wander Franco is in third with 27. He's missed a lot of time, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's 14 in between the second and third. That's insane. You know what's crazy, though, is Acuna's batting average versus Ruiz. Ruiz is stealing <laughs> his, like, way, every time he's on, probably. Yeah, definitely. Like every, because Acuna's on base way more. Well, Acuna's in the ball out of the park a lot, but when he's yeah. on, he is on base a lot more. So he's the he's the NL lead in steals. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right. Most electrifying player in baseball. Otani's I'm gonna say Otani's the best, but Acuna is the, the is the flashiest best. Like, he's the he, flashy highlight. Like he's what everybody it, it, thought Fernando Tatis was. Yeah, he's got the the yellow armband, the yellow cleats, the yellow everything. The it World Series he's, ring. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really the important thing. Mm. Even though he was hurt, of a most he was hurt. Player. Yeah, you're not wrong. He'll get paid like it next year. Ace wasn't Acuna hurt when they won the ring. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, he's he was. but, so he's he played, wasn't a part of that run. 
He's been on the team for the past three runs, right? They've gone to the NL championship at least too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was not. He was, he didn't play in that World Series. No, Marcel Azuna had a big uh, playoffs. That was like the come out party of him. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a part of that former Marlins outfield. You remember Christian Yelich, John Carlos Stanton, and Marcel Azuna? I mean, that's yep. a powerhouse outfield that they let everybody walk. That was the team that made the playoffs with Jose Fernandez. Yeah. They also had Freddie. Now they're back. Now they're back to their uh, winning ways, the Marlins. I mean, that team is loaded right now, and they're rolling. Good stuff, boys. Lots to look forward to in the MLB as we keep moving through that season. Just the beginning of July. We've got a couple months left before good October baseball. Let's move forward to the NHL, the NHL free agency. Wait, 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 wait. Did we read the power rankings through? Oh, no, we didn't. I thought we left off on purpose, but I was, I was like, I thought that was, it should have been. I didn't know. Alrighty, and before we finish off with the MLB, I have our power rankings for this week that we're ready to post. At number five, we have the Miami Marlins. Number four, the Texas Rangers. Number three, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Number two, the Tampa Bay Rays. And number one, the Atlanta Braves. So lots of good stuff there as the rankings change there a little bit. Um, I believe First time this year that the yeah. Rays aren't number one. Just thinking that good stuff there. That's... That's something to see. Yeah, the Braves have been knocking on that door for a few weeks now. They definitely deserve it. I think they deserved it last week too. But you know, Braves have been knocking on that door all season. Yeah, they had a, they had a, they had a rough start to this or the first like twenty games of the season. But um, the Rays started off like what were they, twenty and three? So yeah, um, everyone's been playing catch up since then. But you know, um, Braves are definitely the best team in the league, so they deserve it. Best lineup in the league too. Best pitching staff in the league, maybe. Probably, yeah. You got Brett Elder with the second or third highest best ERA in the league. Yeah, and then you Strider in front of him. You got Soroka. You got Max Fried coming back at some point. They have like all these top prospect young arms too, and then the bats. I mean, everybody can hit like Huff said earlier. So great list. I like it, boys. Um, I don't. I do expect some some movement between three and five next. That's just going to about wrap up everything we have for the MLB this week. Let's shift our focus over to the NHL. The free agency has opened up, so teams are just biting to get their players uh, locked back up for a few years, as well as find some players that are looking to find a new home. How do we? Um, how do we want? There's so much here. How do we want to go about this? I was gonna go through like the, these six teams. Yeah, I like the I like the layout we have. I think we're going to start off here. Hometown for Huff and I, Pittsburgh Penguins, after a big role for the Devils in their return to the playoffs last season. Defenseman Ryan Graves is a great term with the Penguins. Six-year, $27 million deal there. Penguins also added a veteran penalty killer, Lars Eller, for a two-year, $4.9 million contract. The Penguins have also elected to bring back netminder Tristan Jari, five years, just shy of $27 million for him, as well as they signed Alex Nadel Djokovic, Nadelkovic to a one-year, $1.5 million pact. And the final one I have here is, uh, I, I assume it's Noel. Noel. Noel I have no idea. Noel Akari. Akari has agreed to join the Penguins three-year, $6 million deal. He's a forward. 
start off too much. I've never heard of him. Yeah, I agree. Um, those are those are some nice pickups. You got a nice backup for uh, Jari and in Nedeljkovic, um, and Ryan Graves is a nice young defenseman. He's he's pretty good. So uh, some nice pickups for you guys. I guess you guys. Are yeah, trying to, trying to I, I, I really love like the Ryan Graves move. And I love Nedeljkovic. the Nedeljkovic that is a good move. He has the potential to take over the crease. I mean, he's a young guy that played great in Carolina. He played well in Detroit. I mean, he, Tristan Jerry with his injuries and his struggles, he could easily lose that crease. That's why I was so surprised they gave him that deal they did. Five years for a guy that seems to be your Achilles heel and sometimes during the season. I mean, that's nuts to me, especially with the guys still on the market. Guys that were signed. I mean, Samsonov's going to be on the market. Um, you could probably pry Kemper from the Caps. I mean... Uh, guys like Gibson and Hellebuck. Anderson just got re-signed. Um, there's a lot of movement, and you, you stuck with Jerry. You guys loving that? Probably would have preferred Smith, but I think probably Smith was sick and tired of being second all the time. He's Yeah, this Smith's a, a solid backup is all in my opinion, but the, the goalie market's so wide open, I would have tested the waters and went somewhere else, especially with the contract they gave him five years, too. A lot of guys would sign a five-year contract. A lot of better guys than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, other than that, I like. I don't mind the moves they made. They keep themselves cup relevant in the Crosby era, so like, why not? But I, I bet you they could. I, with, with that deal, they're not doing anything else. That's your goaltending tandem for what? Two years? Three years? Yeah, just about. We'll see. Uh, what, you got anything else on that one, Huff? I, I like the Graves move a lot. Gets get some young legs back on the blue line. That's exactly what we need. We moved on from Dumoulin. Saw him, I think, go to Seattle. I was excited to see them move on from him and get a get a younger set of legs in here. And Ryan Graves, like Mackie said, he had a great year last year with the the Devils. And excited to see what he can do here as a, in a top four role with us. I love that move as well. I mean, you know, it was great too. You signed you you signed him, then you extended him. Like you gave him like what five years, six years. So. Six years, twenty-seven million. So that's a good deal too, because a, a young defenseman like that—that's—that definitely that deal works in the Penguins' favor, in my opinion. How old is he? Um, it's four and a half four. million a year. I think he's I like was gonna say twenty-five. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, that's a great deal. Because if he I can, if wrong. he can keep I, elevating I his game, that might be a good price point to have him that year. He is that old. He's a ninety-five. I I do. I thought he was like a year older than me. Like so that's older. like no, I think that's he played probably in like, Colorado before. He, he was in Colorado. When you Google him, that's a picture that pops up. I think it was just, uh, let me see his teams. Carolina, or no, that was the last five games. Colorado and the Devils. Three years in Colorado, two years with the Devils. You guys see uh, fir- Radko Gouda's his first got a year, His first year was 2018-2019 with Colorado, and he played 26 games. But then the next year he played the full season with them. Yeah, I like I I like that move. We can move on though. That that was the one I really wanted to touch on. I think you guys missed out on Gudis though. I think he's such a great playoff performer. He would have fit well on your team, especially eating minutes on a thin defensive core. Yeah, but seeing him go to the Ducks, we won't have to see him in the playoffs ever. Yeah, that is great news. Stay out, Wes. Absolutely. We'll have to see what the Penguins do with these players coming into this season, but. For now, let's move on to the New York Rangers. The incoming Rangers head coach, Peter Lavoyer, will have at least one familiar face joining him from the Capitals as New York has re-signed Lavoyer. I, like, I, I was like, wait a second. I know I'm terrible with names, but 
Uh, New York signed defenseman Eric Gustafsson to a one-year, $825,000 contract. Connecticut native Nick Bonino will join his fellow Constitution stater Jonathan Quick on the Rangers, inking a one-year, $800 contract. As well as after having his contract bought out by the Jets this week, veteran forward Blake Wheeler signed a one-year, $800,000 deal with the Rangers with $300,000 available in potential bonuses. So what do you guys think the Rangers are going to do this upcoming season? Mackie, I'll let you go here real quick. So did the Penguins trade it for Benino last year at the trade deadline? I think he played one game, got hurt, and then he left again. So he played one game coming back here. Is that correct? Does anyone know that? Jesse, I'm you know, not can you confirm sure, or deny? I'll let you know. All right, Mac, you go ahead on your, your, your New York Rangers. I like this Blake Wheeler move. I thought that was a great addition. Uh, obviously, I keep seeing things that Tarasenko's on his way out. Um, but what do you think about a couple of these moves that they've made so far? I, I do really love it. Jerry's making some really good moves in this, uh, in this in the beginning of free agency. And the main thing about it is that you're signing these guys for $800,000. Johnny Quick, Nick Benino, I think Benino is $800,000. Gustafson, Blake Wheeler, all for $800,000, which is the league minimum. Um, you're, 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 you're creating room to be maybe even be able to sign, re-sign Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, you're probably going to get at least him or Kane back. Um, so regardless of which, which direction we go there, I think you, you can't really go wrong. But Jury's definitely making some really good moves. I love Quick as a backup, a solid backup for a top three goalie in the league in Igor Shesterkin. But, you know, you're signing death pieces with Blake Wheeler. He's got a lot of veteran experience. Um, Gustafson's nice in the back end. I, I, I really like what Jury did here. I, I like the, uh, the pieces he's picked up so far. Mac, I have two takes when I think of these moves that the New York Rangers did. I'll come with the first one. This has got to be... Uh... I got to get it off my chest before you do it to me with our signings, but why are you guys getting so old on a team that, that is so young? Everybody's past their prime. They might have been good in 2014. Bruins did the same thing, but um, now I'll get to my real take on it. I do, I do like the money and the contracts that they spent on a team that's right there. We saw they were right there in a cup in a loaded East, and if you can get out of it, you never know. The Panthers did it. Um, so why not spend cheap and upgrade in areas that you can? You don't need Kane. You don't need Tarasenko. Wheeler can play that role. Jonathan Quick's better than Halak. Brings winning experience to locker room. Hopefully some good juju in, into New York. Um, I like these moves, but I feel like they're not enough for a team that was uh, outplayed by the New Jersey Devils, a team that got even better. So I, I think they need to do a little bit more here um, this offseason. Yeah, um, not a bad take, but in my opinion, the Rangers were the better team that series. He's underperformed. So like you're not, you don't really need to add the extra pieces. You just need your big guys to step up. And if you're going to roll with them again, then you got to trust them to get it done next year. Um, I think top to bottom, we definitely have one of the best rosters in the East, and we could be the, one of the best teams in the East. Um, the guy, big guy's got to play. So uh, you're bringing Jonathan Quick and Blake Wheeler into this locker room. Jonathan Quick has a cup. And uh, Blake Wheeler's just Three. been in the league forever. For, so. Former captain, Blake Wheeler. Yeah, for, exactly. Former captain, Blake Team Wheeler. Team USA. So. Like, so, he's yeah. got all the accolades. Yeah, I think um, a jury's got to be doing something here with either Katera Sink. I, I think... I don't think Blake Wheeler can do the exact same thing that Tarasenko can. Um, I think keeping Tarasenko would be huge. Um, and, you know, we're holding on to a lot of money right now, so maybe we can get it done. But um, I, I think all the pieces are there. You just gotta, everything's got to come together. The big guy's got to step up. The advantage Ed, Panarin, um, playoffs come around, you cannot go ghost. And I think the roster is there. So if we can just play to our potential, this team definitely has what it takes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're bad moves. I just think... The Devils had a better offseason so far. That that team's probably the scary. I mean, the Hurricanes had a great offseason too. Dude, 
both of those, I mean, the Met is so loaded. That I don't think we got better than either the of Canes, them. The Canes or the Devils. The Devils definitely upgraded big. Um, but I don't know. We'll I think see. the Devils are going to upgrade in that too. They need to. If they if if they do, they I like I said last week, they favorite could be, um, cup favorites. If they can get either Hellebuck or uh, Gibson. Yeah, I, I saw that you said that. I don't really think that Gibson is. Cup you think he's just venting? Yeah, I I, don't, I also didn't even think he was that good on Anaheim. I think he's he thinks that he's not playing to his full potential because of the trash team he's had around him. But I don't. I think he's going to get put up next year wherever he goes to. I don't think he's that good of a goalie. Really? I'm complete opposite. I'm a big Gibson believer. I watch him play night in and night out on those West Coast late night games. He's putting up those crazy saves with crazy stat lines with no help in front of him. Um, former USA starting goaltender, too. Same with Hellebuck. That's pretty funny. I mean, those are two big names on the market. But I think the, there's going to be other names on the market that are just as good to step into that crease for the uh, Devils that were better than what they had. I think... Uh... You gotta go at Hellebuck here to get that veteran goalie experience who has a Vezina in his in his back pocket. That'd be the craziest move of all time though. Yeah, I think you roll with someone like Samson Ob, you're not gonna get the job done. It's just a guy no. who's been underachieving year in and year out. So um But that's who but, you end up with if you're sleeping at during free agency. But he costs some money too. Like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pay for a guy like him and I don't, I just don't think it's worth it. It'll be interesting to follow though. Two two very solid teams with uh Lofty expectations coming into the new season. I like the live Viola ad as well. I know we've talked about it a few times, but I think he should provide some stability and winning back there. Accountability is the main thing. He holds his players accountable really well. Jargo and did not do anything like that. And that's what we need. Our star guys need to be held accountable. Good stuff there, boys. Yeah, the Rangers getting some different moves here. Let's move over to your Bruins ace. Starting off, veteran blue liner Kevin Shattenkirk is heading to Boston, signing a one-year deal with the Bruins. Milan Lucic is coming back to Boston as the bruising veteran winger has inked a one-year, $1 million deal. After spending time in the Pacific Northwest with the Kraken, Morgan Geeky is heading to the Northeast, signing a two-year, $4 million deal with the Bruins. Finally, veteran forward Patrick Brown is signed with the Bruins, agreeing to a two-year, $1.6 million contract. Any other ads? Anything I missed? What do you guys think? What do you think, Ace? Yeah, I mean, like like Mackey's team, I would trip myself here with that first take. I'd say, wow, you're getting guys that were good maybe in 2016, right? But the Bruins have a much different situation than the New York Rangers. They have one of the tightest cap spaces in the NHL. That's why we saw them offload guys like Hall and Felino, And that's why we saw them let guys like Bertuzzi and Orlov and Hathaway walk. Um, you put your chips all in last year and you failed, so... Now you got to reap those benefits. Uh, they're setting themselves up for a great cap run next year with the expanded cap. So that's like a lot of people are holding out hope for that. But I still think this team's really good. Shattenkirk, good second, uh, third pair defenseman. He replaces Connor Clifton. I think that's an upgrade. Um, JVR comes at $1 million playing in the Taylor Hall role. Taylor Hall was getting like four and a half to $6 million to do what he did. JVR for $1 million is a great, great placement there. Um, obviously losing Bertuzzi hurts. A lot of Boston fans were pretty butthurt about that. Um, Patrick Brown, Milan Lucic, good depth signings, but they'll be in the press box more often than not. But I'm, I'm just waiting to see the big things are Truce Bergeron, David Krejci. We got to hear that news that at least one of them is coming back. I'm hoping it's Bergeron, but I think these are okay moves by the Bruins so far. I think they're going to do some more trades and whatnot. Don Sweeney's going to get creative. 
don't know what you guys think about these B's uh, early veteran moves. Yeah, some of these some of these moves. I, I mean, the Lucic move coming back, obviously, <laughs> that 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 kind of surprised me. But um, I do like the Shattenkirk move. I think that is, like you said, good stability in the bottom. <clears throat> excuse me, pairs of your defense. But um, I don't know what is there any word like is is it or Bergeron and are they supposed to come back or is it truly like they're going to do what they did last year just wait and see what happens with the roster i think they're going to wait and see what they did last year the roster and that's why they held out last year and they played for like a million but they played for pennies last year and that's what they end up doing again if they sign that year contract to chase the cup one more time but i think bergeron's much more realistic coming off the selkie season than Krejci, who was injured in the playoffs who already left for a year right um I think Lucic signing him, maybe that's like Cam Neely Don Sweeney's way of saying, hey, come on back with the band. But personally, I like, I'll, I'll enjoy watching Lucic fight, but I hope he's in the press box more often than not because yeah. those legs are so slow and the turnovers are costly. But he's got the yeah. heart of a lion. And another team, we you guys touched on like how good the Devils got. Another team that I thought got really good that I saw we're not really going to touch on much. But, the Leafs. Uh, the, the Leafs, yeah, what they're doing. You, like you you touched on Bertuzzi. They got Bertuzzi. They got Domi off of uh, Dallas. Um, they're definitely targeting Ryan that Reeves. certain style of player. Yeah, Dude, the like, Ryan Reeves contract is terrible, though. They're, you I, know it, what they're doing? They have all the pieces, but they just haven't been a physical team. They're getting the grit. In, into that line. Domi, Bertuzzi, and, two, and Reeves. And they got two yeah, grit players that can score, and they got Reeves as a fighter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they got to try something out. They have all the pieces there. That's the only thing that they haven't had, and it, and it just hasn't worked out. So, I mean, last, res, last resort, just go to the go to the big bodies to get it done, down deep in the corners and set a tone. Um, I like what they're doing over there. I like but, those moves by Toronto. I really do. I like That's them one, too. But the one thing I want to touch on. I also love the Toronto trade deadline acquisitions. And I like their moves last year in free agency, but they never pan out for some reason. They brought in Ryan O'Reilly, and now he's gone. I mean, obviously replacing him with Domi and Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi on the one-year deal, getting paid like $7 million annually. So he's just going to play with Matthews here, and hopefully they, they're trying to shoot for the cup in one year with those two because they won't be there the following year. And then Reeves, though, for three years, I'm not giving Ryan Reeves a three-year deal. Ryan Reeves That's isn't crazy. coming. He's not coming anywhere near my team. I saw what he did on the New York Rangers. They tried to use him perfectly. They're a great team, cup-ready team. They added Ryan Reeves, and he did nothing. He actually put their team backwards, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, you try and bring it. Yeah, I oh, think I so. Oh, I disagree. I think he was he, a good piece for the Rangers. Oh, but, yeah, when you were when it came to winning, no. That Leafs, you know what I mean? Like, well, a, it's the only the only problem. It just it worked up until we ran into the lightning, and then you you, you either had to put him in the lineup to set a tone and lose a guy that you should be starting, or you just got to put him on the bench. And that's where we kind of realized we were just like, we got to get rid of him because we don't. Have I wouldn't play with Milan Lucic or Ryan Reeves in my lineup in the NHL nowadays. Yeah, I think Milan Lucic was a pretty bad signing in my opinion. But you know, bring home bring home the uh, yeah, bring him back. Let him retire the there. Yeah, exactly. And he's on. 700k contract when you have no flexibility and salary cap i mean you'll take whatever you can get why not take that yeah i think it's i think it's definitely going to be huge to see what uh bergeron does though i know you guys you we already you guys already talked about it but losing both taylor, taylor hall and bertuzzi was huge you guys definitely wanted to hold on to probably more bertuzzi than Bert. hall because of his contract but um i, I didn't mean, want hall anymore yeah the team's still good they're obviously still top five team in the league in my opinion but you know, there wasn't a lot of death pieces, and it's hard to do what they did last year again. So, um, I don't know. Well, it'll, it'll be cool to see uh, what they end up doing with Krejci and Bergeron. The Red Wings are another team I, I think Jess is going to get into now that I'm eager to talk about. 
Yeah, why don't we step into the uh, the Colorado Avalanche here? Veteran defenseman Jack Johnson's career will continue with the Avalanche as the two sides agree on a one-year pact. Among other free agents signing Saturday, the Avalanche agreed on a two-year $7.7 million extension with restricted free agent defenseman Bowen Byram. And finally, after playing 402 games for the Devils, Miles Wood will continue his NHL career with the Avs, agreeing to a six-year $15 million contract. So just like a couple little signings there, for some reason, the Avs are holding on to Jack Johnson, but any thoughts on that one? Got a couple more teams here to cover. I like the Bowen Byram signing. He's a nice Me young guy. He has a huge potential, uh, huge ceiling, and you know you'll just lock him up for another two years. Um, At a cheap players, definitely a good guy you want to keep in the organization. He's a, he's a high ceiling in my opinion. If he can stay on the if he can stay on the ice though, he's had concussion issues. He he debated retirement too. I recall last year, he's like but twenty five. Uh, I know, and he debated because of his amount of concussions that he's had, and um, he took that time off away from the game for a while last year, but his skill is unmatched, and to get two years of that, like, what, $4 million? That's pretty nuts. But I like the Miles Wood signing. Um, the rest of the depth pieces they added as well, I know they lost JT Comfort and a few others, but we talked about Ryan Johansson last week. This team is uh, looking to get back into the cup run, especially in a weak West. It's pretty wide open, in my opinion. Yeah, I remember Landeskog is out for the season. Yeah, they haven't played with him for what now, two years? But he over a year and a half, yeah. He didn't he he was there for the cup, wasn't he? No, he dressed in the final mm-hmm. game. Oh. At the end to skate with the cup. Oh, I actually do remember that you said that. Good stuff there. The next team I want to go over, the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes free agent spree continues. Carolina signing forward Michael Bunting to a three-year, $13.5 million contract. Next, following a post-trade glow-up with the Bruins to close out last season, Dmitry Orlov has signed a two-year, $15.5 million deal with the Hurricanes. Frederick Anderson is elected to head back to Carolina, inking a two-year, $6.8 million deal with the Hurricanes. And goaltender Antti Rianta, I can't say his name, Ranta, is back with the Hurricanes via one-year, $1.5 million contract. You guys see the Hurricanes uh, making any noise this upcoming season with some of these smaller these these moves? Are they the best team in the Metro? Um, yeah. <laughs> until until you... it gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, they're the best team in the NHL. I was gonna I say until they, until they you, blow a I don't know how you minus two fifty series favorited. You know what I mean to a whoever. I don't know. The last three, four times they've been in the conference finals, they're like 0-12. They've gotten swept. So, this year like is the, the tell-all year for them, though. Their chip's all in this year. I know last year they added a lot, but Sebastian Ajo is a free agent after the season. If you don't find any other success besides reaching the Stanley Cup this season, I think he's out the door. Um, well, I think I, we've said that about this team multiple times, though. Yeah, but I feel like how many games, times can you say that about the Cavs? How many times has Sebastian Ajo been on his last year of his contract? I don't think Sebastian Ajo is even the key to that team. He's one of them. Jordan Stahl resigns for a one-year deal. Your captain. He's basically on his way out. Um, Frederick Anderson, two-year deal. We get to see if he's the truth. I mean, he's always hurt, barely plays. You bring back Ranta, too. Like, what? But I like the ads they got. I mean, how do they keep finding money? That defensive core is insane. Dmitry Orlov, Brent Burns, Jacob Slavin. I mean, those are three elite defensemen in the lead, and then they have some good depth behind it. Rob yeah, Brendamore's got a Freddy's, good roster. Obviously, Freddie's a, a reliable source back there, and I, and I love I love Michael Bunting. That's a huge sign. Me too. Him. I can't believe he left Toronto. 
Apparently, there's a cancer in that locker room. That's what I've been hearing. But is it Austin Matthews? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, Ryan O'Reilly just left. He got offered the same exact contract from Toronto, and he's from Toronto. Why are you going to leave that? that Maybe it's Tavares. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. You never know. That's it. That's interesting, though. Yeah, but Michael Bunting's so young, too. I mean, he's on his way out already. He just made a name for himself. Now he's playing, like, probably third-line minutes on the Harkins. Uh, just another guy that can put the puck in the net. That team's a team's a wagon until they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but Storm Surge will be hockey. rocking. Yeah. <laughs> and then they forget how to play hockey. Alrighty, I got one more team to review here. The Detroit Red Wings, 26-year-old Nolan Stevens is elected to sign with the Red Wings. Agreeing to terms on a one-year $775,000 deal. Versatile forward Christian Fisher joins the parade of talent heading to Detroit this season, inking a one-year $1.25 million deal with the Red Wings. The Red Wings also added defenseman Shane Gotsaspare to a one-year $4.125 million deal. JT Kemper Comfer. Comfer. <clears throat> has moved to the 313 area code, inking a five-year $25.5 million deal with the Red Wings. Daniel Sprong also... Agreeing, reaching a one-year, $2 million agreement with the Red Wings. Justin Holt left Toronto, but he isn't going too far away, inking a three-year, $10.2 million deal with the Red Wings after helping guide the Panthers to the playoffs. Last season, veteran goaltender Alex Lyon is heading to the Red Wings by way of a two-year, $1.8 million contract. And James Reimer will also be in net for the Red Wings. One-year, $1.5 million for him. So, is Alex Lyon their starting goalie? Well, they lost Nadalkovich. Uh last year. They kind of rolled with him. Also, and who does was the other Husso? guy? Husso, yeah. He's oh, their one. I forgot about him. Yeah, I was going to say, but um, yeah, you're signing two goalies like that. It's kind of weird. Um, two depth goalies signs, that yeah. are like unproven. Like Reimer's yeah. old. In line, this Detroit like, team, this Detroit team is just building depth. They have a lot of young pieces. I re- I, I like. I really hated to see them lose Bertuzzi last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now like we said, he went from Aces Bruins now in Toronto. But um, I think they have a lot of young pieces. I'm a big Larkin guy. I think this Red Wings team is. I like a lot of these pieces. Comfort, a great depth player. Comfort um, could turn into one of the best second line centers in the league. And he's so playing, I really like a lot of these moves that Detroit's making. They're they're definitely one of the young teams to be on the up and coming in the East for sure. The tough thing is though, they're the forgotten team in my opinion. You have the Bruins, you have the Leafs, you have the Lightning. That's who everybody thinks of now. You have the Panthers. They've been there the past few years. They just went to the Cup. That's your fourth team. The Buffalo Sabers are on the up and up with Tage Thompson, fifty goal scorer, and then you got the Red Wings right there as well. I mean that Atlantic's pretty strong. I don't I don't think this the is Ottawa enough. Senators. I don't think this is enough to get the Red Wings into the playoffs. So Me either. The, the East is so hard, and you obviously have those four top teams in the, um, in the Atlantic that you have to compete with. And then, obviously, you have those teams in the Met, too, that you got to deal with in the wild card. So, um, definitely, I mean, you got you got to stack up at this point. you got to um, just kind of load up that roster. But I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be enough to get there. They need their young talent I, to take a I'm big just, leap. I don't know. I was going to say, I just, I'm just i expecting big years from guys like, I think you could see Moritz Sider competing for a Norris Trophy in the next two seasons. Yeah, but he he was last year, wasn't he? He was the top five defenseman last he year. He was the Calder, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's No, Matty Beniers won it. Oh, no, two years ago. But that would have been Sider two years ago, two years ago. Well, not two years ago, last year, I guess. 
I don't know how you say that, but two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I know we all we're on, we know I, we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I the Red Wings they're a good they're a good uh, young Lucas team, Raymond. Guess, but yeah, but they, again, like Lucas Raymond is not going to send you over the top, I and mean, he would have to have a stellar season to even just like make that much more of an impact. Um, yeah, you got the Sabers coming up on the on the up and up. You got the, the Senators. I mean, both these teams. Senators save, to bring it. Save Tage. To, I mean. Opinion. Like I, I think Tage Thompson's as a, is a better player and prospect than any guy the Red Wings have, but I'd take the Red Wings roster right now, but guy for guy, over the Buffalo Sabers. I, I disagree. I think the Sabers are two points out of a playoff spot this year. I know. I'm just saying for the future with the the young I'll guys. I'll take the I'd Sabers take over the Red Wings for sure. Yeah, so I definitely, and I like the Red Wings, but it, there's Me so too. many teams that are right there that you know, a few a, a losing streak, a six game losing streak would just take you out of it i'll take tage thompson over larkin i'll take uh darlene no probably not over cider but like he's right there and they have they have so many other guys owen power dylan cousins like all these young guys that the are young like, power dude that power play is just so elite because they're all just a bunch of skill players lighting it up and you know they just grabbed connor guys, clifton man. on like a three-year ten million dollar deal I thought that was weird but yeah i, I mean hey, or uh huff i see what you're saying about the red you can definitely make a case for either team but just opinionated. I think the Sabres are on the up and up. I think that's going to wrap up all the review we have for the NHL free agency. But I got a couple more points here uh, revolving around the league, starting with goaltender John Gibson of the Anaheim Ducks stated on the Nasty Knuckles podcast that he will not play another game for the Anaheim Ducks. But I didn't see any reason to why, other than he's upset with their play the last few seasons with the, their rebuild and him just having to be a part of it. And he's wants to be on a winning team. Alrighty, and next, the Atlanta Thrashers, a franchise relocated in 2011. It's just been totally disbanded. Like we talked about, Blake Wheeler was the last official player of the Atlanta Thrashers organization to leave the pre-existing franchise now known as the Winnipeg Jets. Like we said, we, he signed the one-year $800 million deal or $800,000 deal with the Rangers. <clears throat> the Jets now no longer have anybody under contract to once douse the baby blue threads. Any comment on this one? No, I saw that, and that was the last time I've seen those Thrashers jerseys. I forgot what they looked like. I was never a huge fan of those uniforms, but... Iconic, um, though. They had some sick players. Keith Kachuk, uh, they had Danny Heatley, Mark Savard, Blake Wheeler. Kovalchuk, Bufflin. Kovalchuk's heyday, dude. That was, that was a fun team. Gonna miss that. Atlanta hockey. Kovalchuk, man. Alrighty, that's going to wrap up everything we have in the NHL this week. I think we only got one point here in the NFL. Our third week of the NHL NFL positional rankings. It's time we want to take a, take a look at the top five ball carriers going to 2023. Who do you guys have in leading the way at the running back position? Who wants to get us going? Here we go. Okay. Coming in with my top five running backs um, heading into this season, it's, it's pretty clear cut for me. At number five, a guy that's dealt with a lot of injuries, um, obviously a tough one uh, to put in there for some people, but I'm going to put Saquon Barkley there just because of his talent. Uh, I hate those Giants, but he's just a great ball carrier in his, the quads. He gets through everything. Um, number four, going to roll with Austin Eckler. Do it all running back. He can catch the ball, run the ball, finds the end zone week in and week out. And I think now that he's passed those contract negotiations, he's going to really uh, excel this year and help those Chargers get to the playoffs. Um, coming in at number three, I have Nick Chubb. I think he's the second best pure running back in the NFL behind Derrick Henry, who I have at number two. But those two guys can just mash when they carry the ball. 
You can give them the rock 35 times a game. They're going to put up over 100 week in and week out. They're the focal points of their offense. That's why I got Chubb at three, Henry at two. And the number one, I got CMC. Run CMC. When he's healthy, he's on. I mean, you saw it last year with Brock Purdy, electric in the NFC. Christian McCaffrey, better version of Austin Eckler. And he can do exactly what Henry and Chubb do. Best running back in the league. I like that list. Yeah, it's a good list. I'll go. I'll go right now. So I have a. I do have a different top five, or at least three through five, as you. Um, I I I am gonna put Jonathan Taylor at number five. I think true potential, age, everything you have coming into this year. Obviously, coming off an injury last year, uh, you don't really know what you're gonna get with him this year. But I have him at number five. Number four, I do have Saquon Barkley sitting right there for all the reasons that Ace said. Number three, I have Josh Jacobs, the leading rusher in the NFL last year. I have to respect him. I know the Raiders aren't necessarily. Um, obviously, they lost Derek Carr. They're bringing in Jimmy G. He got the surgery. You don't really know what's going on there uh, under center. But I have Josh Jacobs at number three, uh, Derek Henry two, and Christian McCaffrey number one. Uh, same top two as you, but I do have Jacobs in there. I think the the year that he had last year, the true potential, uh, he's definitely one of the guys that I'm going to take. And my honorable mention is Nick Chubb. So uh, that's my top five running backs in the NFL coming into this season. I just feel like... I feel like you're, that's a good list. I just feel like you're uh, snubbing Nick Chubb, not even by his own doing, because they don't give him the ball enough in Cleveland. It's good. it's the committee with Hunt and like he these every guy I said they're a true every down back, but like they get the ball. You know what I mean? Thirty times a game. Chubb, not saying Chubb can't and, do any, it. Any any AFC North bias there for you? No, I also just I I like Chubb because I'm also a Georgia guy. I just I don't know I. I really think Barkley, like I'm taking Saquon, I'm taking Josh Jacobs, I'm taking any my top four for sure. You definitely could, I definitely could say Chubb at five and Taylor. It's it is the honorable mention. I have two quick questions before Mackie goes. How how crazy is it that Dalvin Cook is not in anybody's top five anymore? He was my he was my he's my seven. And then also, how long Eckler until you think eight. Najee Harris uh, cracks a top five if he ever does? I think this year would be the year, if any year, because he has finally has a decent offensive line. not saying like it's gonna happen i'm saying like he's young he yeah. has an offensive line he has to do it now or else he's never doing it we now have a threat of a receiving game with a young quarterback that can move and extend plays you know what i mean like this is a year to do it yeah i think like three through three through eight three through nine is pretty much interchangeable i think there's obviously gonna be a few guys snubbed at any way you look at it but um, number five, I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs as well. Just coming off a really good season. I think he can really get things going. His ceiling is through the roof. Alabama guy, so uh, we know, obviously, Nick, Nick Saban only breeds beasts. But, um, yeah, I'll go Jacobs at five. Uh, I'll go Jonathan Taylor at four as well. Um, two years ago, he was the best running back in the league. He put up numbers that nobody we really haven't seen much of ever. Um, obviously, he had a pretty bad injury last year and missed most of the season. But, you know, you can bounce right back to it. Um, he's a beast as well. Number three, I'm going to go Nick Chubb as well. Um, definitely, I think, in my opinion, a top two running back. But like you said, like the committee over there, he definitely does carry a lot of the workload. And he um, still makes his, his mark on every single game. But you do take a little away from him because you got Kareem Hunt um, that he's splitting with. Um, and then number two, Derrick Henry, obvious reasons, a most powerful back in the league. Uh, get him going. There's no stopping him whatsoever. And then Christian McCaffrey at number one. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Like you said, he's uh, he's just a better Eckler. And Eckler is sitting right outside my top five. But uh, he's definitely the best running back in the league. 
CMC is a dog. I mean, when he went to San Francisco, it's like everybody knew they were going to go far in the NFC, and they did. Yeah, they killed. They killed in that trade. He was adding the best running back in the league to put to a top three team in the league. Um, it was Brock nice Brady. to see him healthy for a full season too, though. Um, when healthy, I feel like he's, it's got to be him and Henry. Let me run through my top five real quick. At five, I actually have Dalvin Cook just being the head of two big comebacks last season. Um, one 64-yard catch and run, then a 81-yard run, touchdown against the Bills. Just solid player overall. Number four, Derrick Henry. He's just my man in fantasy football. He just single-handedly wins and loses games for me, so it's easy and fun to watch him. And he's a good name that I somehow always end up picking up. Saquon Barkley, definitely some bias here, being a Penn State alum, but I feel like with his uh, the beginning of his career, you didn't hear about him too much, but comeback player of the year last year, and I think it's, he's just bound to keep keep going. His ceiling's pretty high. Number two, Austin Eckler, in his sixth year, uh, broke another franchise record, 107 receptions. No complaints on that route. And then, like all you guys, Christian McCaffrey, number one, CMC, can't go wrong. I like, I like your top two there. I mean, it's pretty edgy to go with Eckler at two, but... In today's NFL, it's so important the receiving back, how, how how much they can be used, and he does that better than everyone not named Christian McCaffrey. But the thing is, he still totes the rock, too, and he gets in the end zone. He's a goal line back. He's a little ball of heat. I was going to say, those are like the fantasy football running back projections just cause the, because Henry doesn't catch a ball. Like those top three guys all get catches and receptions, like you said, Ace. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'll, I, if I'm taking a running back, I'm probably still going to take Henry and Chubb over him and scheme them catches out of the backfield because they're good enough athletes. But Austin Eckler is a true receiver. Like, he can run routes for you. He can pick up first downs. You go to him in third and short, you know? I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I like I like that list. I, I it was, Like Mackie said, people are going to get edged out. I had Eckler down all the way down at, like, seven or eight because I want to get Cook in there. There's so many guys, like Mackie said, three through eight, I think is pretty interchangeable. Um, but, yeah, that's You think that, Dalvin Cook will find list. success outside of Minnesota? I don't know. If he goes anywhere in the AFC East, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see this. You can find our lists online uh, on our socials. I'm excited to see ours, ours up there. Some good running back ratings, and I'm eager to hear what everybody else has to say. Alrighty, good stuff. That's just going to about wrap up everything we have in the NFL. Got a little bit in the NBA as there was over $1 billion in reported deals the first hour and two minutes of the NBA free agency, which opened up, uh, did it open up last week, like late last week, or is it early this week? Yeah, a little bit earlier than the NHL free agency. I thought so. Okay, so we got a couple things to review there. The Golden State Warriors and four-time champion Draymond Green came to an agreement, four-year, $100 million contract. Deal keeps the big three together there with their eyes set back on the NBA Finals. Was he going anywhere else, though? I don't think so. I mean, he's he's the face of that team. Draymond Green, he's got the podcast. Golden State Warriors are going to keep making money for year in, year out off of his name. And I like what he brings to the court, especially with Steph Curry, the way he plays basketball. Who else is setting those picks for those three-pointers other than Draymond Green? It would have been so weird to see Draymond in any other uniform. I I was kind of like looking forward to it, to be honest. I think it would be so weird, but um, seeing him in a different uniform, I'd love to see how he plays with a different team. I mean, obviously he fits that Warrior system so well, and he knows it so well. So um, 
I mean, yeah, I think everyone thought that he was going to come back, but it'd be cool to see him in a different uniform, um, running in a different um, in a different offense. You're not wrong, Mac. Yeah, I think it would be pretty cool to see his expertise used in a different way, especially if he was relied upon more on like a bad team. Um, maybe put up more shots and whatnot. Maybe he'd play better because we've seen that come out in him from time to time. But uh, yeah, I, it was weird that all the media outlets were saying he's going to get moved too. I was like, no way. Draymond Green's leaving the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Where was he going to go? He's got to get paid the too. Rockets or the, the Rockets they were talking about because they had all that cap space. They brought in Brooks and Van Vliet. A lot of people projected him going there as well. Um, yeah. Maybe before all the Suns trades, they project him going there maybe to bring his toughness and winning ways. But I, I just couldn't see it. Like, you saw him in the match. He's like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. That's their boy. Like, he's not leaving. He was chirping Clay. Yeah, it's Draymond Green. One of the coolest people in the NBA, in my opinion. He got the bag, too. I'm not a Warriors guy, so... I, I'm not the biggest Draymond guy, but I respect him. Yeah, you gotta hate him, then, if you don't like him, I'm guessing. I don't really... Like, I, I just... I'm never, I was never a Warriors guy. Hmm. Yeah, you're you a block LeBron the, guy. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, when he was fucking with LeBron, I definitely didn't like him those couple of years. Yeah, I was... Did you guys see the home run derby participants? No, they just release him. They just made the bracket. I was gonna say I saw like a group of like the first like four of the eight or whatever, and I'm like, how do they know four but not all eight? Like, yeah, right. Who is it? List them off you, real quick. Yeah, read it real quick. I'm eager to hear that. Uh, Alonzo, Rosarina, Mookie Betts, Adolis Garcia, Vlad Jr., Louis Robert, or Louis Robert, whatever, however he says it. Uh, Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rushman. Oof, those are some good names. Mookie Betts, and it's such a dog. He's he's a great in front of the camera, too, but it's going to come down to like f- Fat Vlad and Alonzo. I could see it be rigged for Adley. You think? Julio Rodriguez at home is definitely going to put on a show. I feel like the home guy never does good. Yeah, but, I mean, when it's Julio Rodriguez, he might. Yeah, the skinnier guys got to put in so much more effort in every hit too. So I think they Fat Vlad and Alonzo, dude. Bro, they just all they got to do is make contact and it's going. What a thing for Vlad to win after a bad first half campaign, but I'm excited for that. And when we get odds on that, we'll definitely post those online for you guys and let us know who we're taking because I'll be throwing on that. Yeah, let's finish up this NBA stuff. We'll definitely we'll post all that stuff. Heck yeah. <laughs> Next in the NBA point guard Fred Van Vliet agreed to terms on a three-year, $130 million contract to join the Houston Rockets. Van Vliet's new deal is the largest contract in NBA history for an undrafted player. That's pretty dang interesting. Jeez. The Rockets are just looking to spend money any way they can get it. and I, I like Van Vliet, but uh, this Rockets team is so young, I don't really know uh, how well they're going to do. And It's a tough, tough Western Conference. I mean, I guess you say it's top heavy and then it kind of drops off but i don't know i don't this rockets team i think is still a couple years away but that's a that's a good deal for van vliet three years 130 million and if they're not that good after three years he just moves on to another team and i mean it's the nba the odds he plays out that whole three years there is in my opinion not very good it's it's a good deal for van vliet it's not a good deal for the rockets <laughs> yeah i just think he i i mean he's good he's he's got his ring and everything but i, I wanted him to go to the lakers i really wanted him to go to the lakers but they I, didn't have that kind of money i don't think he should be the main guy on any team i don't think he's that type of player he is and no i mean they, they have they have the young the young depth in, in uh houston so i guess it it's not all on him but 
Um, giving this guy $130 million, what is it, $35 million a year? Something like that. Actually, no, it's definitely way more. more. 40, it's more than 40. Yeah, it's like 42 like, and a half. 42 and a half. That's, that's insane for Fred Van Vliet, in my opinion. I like this deal, though. I mean, Van Vliet's going to put up buckets down there, and it's gonna, the Rockets had money to spend. They have great size in the other positions that they've been drafting year in and year out. Um, they added some toughness in Dylan Brooks. I think this team's going to be a lot better than people expect. I mean, they they have so much talent from the draft the past few years. And Van Vliet's a sniper, and when he's hot, he's good. He's got that ring to bring with him, too. Um, definitely got that bag. That Whoever his agent is, I saw he secured a bunch of bags for a few people over the weekend. He had the best day out of anybody, but... Um, Paul. Yeah. He had, he had the best day, I think, out of all the agents um, in, the, in free agency, but... I mean, obviously, I wouldn't give Van Vliet that much, but when you have it, why not spend it? And he's going to be a good point guard for him. I I made a bet with my friend that um, they would finish under 500, and I think it's a pretty good bet on my part. I think they'll be right around it all year, though. You'll be after monitoring that one. I said around 36, 37 wins they'll finish with. Yeah, I could 40, see that. 47, I could 48 see. losses. Yeah, I could see 40. I could see 40 wins. That's cutting it close. Yeah. That's max, though. Max, max. All righty. Let's move into our last point here in the NBA. The Indiana Pacers and point guard Tyrese Halliburton have agreed to terms on a five-year, $260 million maximum contract. Pacers also signed forward Bruce Brown to a two-year deal from the Denver Nuggets. This young Pacers team making moves. I think they're making some noise in the Eastern Conference of the Eastern Conference in this upcoming season. I think their ceiling is what the Cavs did this year. I was just going to say, they're very, they're, as far as the playoffs, they're not going to make much noise, but Mids. I love Tyrese Halliburton. I love Benedict Mather, and I really like this Pacers team. I think they have some good young pieces, but uh, just like the NBA is so top-heavy in the two conferences, you have like th- three or four dominant teams, and then it's such a cliff drop-off to the four to through eight in a lot of the or in both sides of the bracket every year. But I think this Pacers team is, is, has the capability to make some noise next year. I think Halliburton could have a big year. Halliburton's insane, though. He's got that bag deservedly. So I was surprised when he was dealt from Sacramento, but it worked out for them, I guess. But, uh, yeah, he's know, like Sacramento have... fans were so pissed they traded him. Well, you get Sabonis in, and I think your Sabonis is more um, valuable than Halliburton. Halliburton's younger, though. Imagine they still had Sabonis. I think the Pacers could crack that top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's no way you're getting Halliburton in and if you are, you're not signing Halliburton. It's 260 million. They just need to. They just need to yeah. go get a. They just need to go get another piece for Halliburton. But they're still a ways away out. I think the Hornets, the uh, the Hawks, and the Heat are all like Cavs better depth teams than them. I think this team, the Indiana Pacers, is better than the Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole duo in Washington. But uh, other than that, I don't know if they're better than much else. I'll take Mackey's Knicks in five in a seven game series. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, but they're better than like Chicago, um, Detroit. They'll be like, fighting for their lives to be in the playing game. Yeah, I think they're yeah. gonna sit. I think they're they're gonna sit at like a eight or nine seed. Oh, I think they could be like eleven, ten or eleven. No, yeah, definitely. T- no, definitely. I'll take the young teams over them. I definitely. I think they'll make the play in. I think they'll make the play in. I, I, the Bulls. I could definitely see them as an eleven seed, but I I genuinely I just think that they're gonna be like. So you're on eight or nine, maybe ten. Yeah. Yeah, Halliburton, 
11, you're out of the play-in. I think they'll make the play-in. A lot of crazy moves in the NBA, though, and I, I don't think it changes much of the forecast for next year, in my opinion. Good stuff, boys. Yeah, a lot of moves coming in the NBA that we got to review, so look forward to that in the coming weeks for sure. I got a couple other points here before we get wrapped up. Team USA men's soccer moves along in the Gold Cup as they faced against Canada in the corner finals on Sunday. Always rooting for our U.S. boys there. U.S. Uh, soccer, I think we've bet on them a couple times, once or twice, and I think they did us good once and screwed us once, but... The one see, thing uh, I wanted to say about that, though, you guys you guys see any of those highlights from those games? I know they're playing, like, lower countries. That guy, I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. He had Ferrero, maybe? He had back-to-back hat-tricks or something like that. He's putting up, like, numbers, like, historic-type numbers in his, in his debuts with the team. But I remember I watched it last game. He had a hat-trick in the first half, which was pretty crazy. So, American soccer. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest soccer head. I'm not really... The one with names for soccer. I'm a big stats guy, though. When someone's putting up back-to-back hat tricks for my country, I'll pop and see what that's all yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I think they should be able to take that home. Only competition, really, in that is Mexico. So we'll see how they pan out. Alrighty, and the final point I want to go over. A great UFC card takes place this Saturday, July 8th. As we get to, to see two title fights, the card is headlined by one of the sport's best, is Alexander Volkanov. Volkanovski, ace here, sort of our UFC guy, I'd say. Huff, maybe you as well. What I just enjoy think? the UFC, so I, I think that's going to be a good fight. I think Whitaker's on the card as well. There's a few title fights, but I just wanted to get it in here because there's a good good bunch of cards coming up this summer. I know further down the line, we have O'Malley and uh, Sterling and uh, a lot of big fights coming up, so definitely keep the UFC on your radar. might see that in our primetime post coming out tomorrow, but uh, yeah, you, you get some good good picks on those we might have some people come and go some picks for these uh, upcoming matchups yeah i i didn't uh look at this card yet but um yeah definitely when you see that that name on the main event i definitely this could be one i'd be tuning into but i think other than that i think that's gonna do it so thanks for listening see you next week uh like he said mlb home run derby on monday so stay tuned for all of our mlb plays this weekend and uh Obviously, with the All-Star game on Monday and Tuesday, going to stay tuned for that on Monday and Tuesday for those plays, whatever we're going with. Um, Other than that, thanks for listening. Like I said, we'll see you next week. Good stuff, boys. Lots to look forward to, like Huff said. I'm ready for yet another week of baseball before we have, uh, we'll be going into nine weeks for our first NFL Sunday. We're at 10 weeks right now, but looking forward to it. Hit the books. Ace Mackey, anything else, Dad? Hit the books. We'll get you. Get you in the green.